I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. This episode of Publishing Secrets is sponsored by the Connect and Convert Content Club for Christian Authors. You know what? I get it. You just want to glorify God, write, connect with your readers, and earn a comfortable living. You don't want to be stuck in this never-ending cycle of planning, researching, and creating content. You know that you need to build an author platform. You've heard that again and again, but the question is how? With everything that I have on my plate, How do I do this in a way that really connects with my audience? Well, here's the good news. The Connect and Convert Content Club was created with you in mind. It's going to relieve the stress, save you time, and help you build a brand and a following quickly. So join us in the Connect and Convert Content Club. You'll find the link in the show notes to learn more, and you'll never have to worry about what to post again. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I've got to confess, this is one of my favorite scriptures because it reminds us of the importance of changing the way we think and not allowing ourselves to be seduced by what is going on around us. And that's why I'm so honored to have with me this week on Publishing Secrets, E. Franklin. She's going to challenge all of us to change the way we think about something that we do without even thinking about it. (laughs) Trust me, it's all going to come together as you listen to the episode. What I love about Eve's testimony is that her willingness to say yes to the call not only means that she is putting her thoughts in print. But lives are literally being changed. People are being saved. Families are being saved. You just never know what can happen when you say yes. So take a listen. I pray that this week's episode encourages you and inspires you to get it done. Enjoy. Welcome to Publishing Secrets. Looking forward to this conversation on a different topic than we typically have on the show, but one that is very important as I have had an opportunity to read your book and we've had a great conversation so far. Looking forward to bringing our listening audience in on this and helping them to look at something that we're all exposed to on a regular basis in a different way. So thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that struck me as I was getting to know you through your book is that you grew up with a passion for books. It started out with animals and then (laughs) 
kind of evolved from there. So we went from animals to Nora Roberts. It's certainly been (laughs) a journey in Mm -hmm. books. Talk to us about your love for books and how it led you to have a passion at some point for writing. Well, I just love character-driven stories. And it's funny, I think back on the animal stories is so many of them for young people are written from an animal's point of view, you know, like Black Beauty and some of those, Charlotte's Web and that kind of thing is that it's fantasy of a safe sort for children because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you can kind of put your head inside an animal and and live their life. But at the same time, it introduces you to societal problems. I mean, that's what Black Beauty was about. And you learn things that way. And I've always just loved animals. So it's something that, you know, gave me an outlet for that love. We had pets growing up, but we weren't, you know, able to have like access to horses and barnyards and that kind of stuff. But And then moving on, it's just, I really appreciate a well-written character-driven story. And I enjoy writing stories, though I'm not as good at writing them as I am at editing them. But (laughs) I do, I do love to lose myself in a character. And, Mm. and I think that that has in a way been an escape for me. It's like sometimes when my life gets very boring or just, I want to be somebody else for a while. And that's Mm -hmm. what I used reading for is to become someone else for a while. Yeah, I love that. And it's a point that I want to just take a quick second to underscore because fiction is not my game. And so my listening audience Mm -hmm. knows that. But occasionally I will interact with someone that has a passion for fiction writing. And one of the things, of course, that we teach in nonfiction is hey, there's a problem that you're solving for the reader or there are questions Mm. that they have that your book is designed to address. And often when I talk to someone in the fiction space, they struggle with, well, could there really be a problem for my book? And I want, listening audience, I want you to just take in what Eve said is for fiction. It absolutely is. I want to escape. I don't want to be here. (laughs) So give me something that allows me to get away from my daily life, my daily grind, to experience new things, to maybe travel, to imagine that Mm -hmm. my life is different. (laughs) It's a safe way to do that through a Mm -hmm. book, right? Mm -hmm. And so I love what you shared because fiction absolutely solves a problem for us. It provides us a way to take a break from our life and be exposed to and experience something different. So you did this through a variety of different genres, like your Mm -hmm. taste in books evolved. And then eventually you found yourself actually pursuing a degree in English. And I know that Mm -hmm. through our conversation that although you thought that would be a career path at one point, it ended up not going that way, but it's funny how God works. You know, we Mm -hmm. talked about that nothing is wasted. So how did that passion for English and books eventually lead you to start a podcast? Well, actually, I started my podcast because I had a friend of mine who was already podcasting. And early on, I think it was around 2008. So it's been a while. I was listening to a writing podcast that was really intriguing to me. It was an author who was really heavily involved with like NaNoWriMo and 
I think the name of it was You Should Be Writing, but she was journaling how she was trying to force herself to actually finish things. And I was really intrigued by her podcast and I had been listening to that for a while. And then I had a friend of mine who was already podcasting and he went through a really bad breakup. And as a friend, I was trying to take his mind off of the things that was going on in his life. And so we started talking about some of the podcasts that we listened to. And we got the idea from another, which I mentioned in the book, another podcast that we were both listening to, The Sci-Fi Show, where it was just a guy who talked about science fiction. It wasn't Christian, but he was a Christian. So the philosophy that he was bringing out was often Christian. Mm -hmm. And so we got the idea, well, we could apply what he's doing to single movies or single books instead of just talking about philosophy in general. And that was where Are You Just Watching was born and just out of something to do with a friend. And then he moved on to other things. And I took the podcast to myself and found a new co-host and we've kept it going. So it's been fun. And it is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Podcasting really is a labor of love because it's a huge time commitment that doesn't really pay you back very much, except for (laughs) in the satisfaction of getting episodes out on time. So. Yes. In your instance, though, I think the good news is that there is a eternal payoff for Mm -hmm. what you are doing. Your message that you are getting out here, as we will talk about in a bit, really can make a difference between, as we've talked about, if used properly, someone getting saved and someone not getting saved, right? So it's not just the immediate payoff of downloads and listens and all of that. And what really really surprises me is that I do have non-Christians who listen to my podcast. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine why. It's like, I kind of figure I'm preaching to the choir most of the time, but I actually made a connection on the West Coast with an atheist who contacted me after listening to my podcast. We had some really great conversations out of that. Yeah. So you just never know Mm -hmm. what God is accomplishing through the work that you're doing. So let's talk about the podcast, the mission of it, and then how it turned into a book. Well, the whole point of our podcast is to talk about or apply critical thinking in our Christian worldview to our entertainment choices in mostly movies, occasionally TV shows, and we've even talked about commercials and documentaries. So it kind of goes the whole gambit of video indoctrination, because that's what we do when we sit down to watch TV is we allow the world to feed into our visual you know, brain the messages they want to give us. And if we're not watching critically and we turn our brain off, then we're just letting all of that filter into our thinking and affect the way we view the world without even realizing that we have been shifted by the world to see things from a worldly way. And we just wanted to take what everybody enjoys doing, watching movies, and not tear them apart, not be mean to them, but apply the Christian worldview to them in a way that, you know, just kind of like, hey, and did you see this theme was in there? Did you see how they were talking about Christians? Or did you see how this is a picture of Christ? And though they didn't intend it to be, you know, there's a lot of Christ portraits and a lot of entertainment that people don't even see because they're not looking for a portrait of Christ in, in things. So there's a lot of ways that you can do it without you know, being negative. And it's the whole point of our podcast is not to be negative towards Hollywood, though sometimes it does come out that way. (laughs) But most of the time we try to pick movies that we do like. So we're not going to be 
tearing them to shreds in our right. reviews. Wow. Yeah. So I had a chance to do some listening. I saw some of my, my favorites. X-Men is in there. <laughs> and then we talked about, you know, as you have shared how we are experiencing subtle secular indoctrination in mm-hmm. so many different things from TV, news, movies, commercials, <laughs> that everything. Was, that was some of our most favorite episodes are the commercials. We've done, I think, two of them now on commercials. And we actually had some really good feedback on some of those where people have said, you know, they never even thought about how, you know, a simple thing is, I think one of them, we dealt with a commercial that was all about borrowing money. It was like a Quicken Loans commercial. And I was just brought up the fact that as Christians, we should not be indebting ourselves to the world, that when we borrow money and we pay interest to the world, that we are enslaving ourselves and that God didn't want us to be enslaving ourselves to the world. And just from a simple commercial about having a mortgage (laughs) and Mm -hmm. being able to provide yourself with all these really cool things. And all you have to do is borrow lots of money to do it. And that is not the way God wants us to interact with the world. Because when we are so concentrating on the material, we lose track of the spiritual. So Mm. just from one commercial, if you apply a Christian worldview to it, you can find how easily we are indoctrinated. Absolutely. And you even, you know, as I heard you sharing just now, you were processing it. What I also know to be true is sometimes we're not even aware, especially with commercials, because at least mm-hmm. I look at commercials as, well, let me go do something else. Let me do. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that the message is still not seeping in because, mm-hmm. you know, our ears are still active. We are being programmed Mm -hmm. (laughs) with all kinds of information, and we may not even be aware that it's happening. I mean, we even talked about how we can find that the things that we say align more so with the worldview than what we know to be true about our relationship with Christ. And it just happens so easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were just talking about the whole superstition and how superstition from a, just a cultural, societal, linguistic way, creeps into our language. And as Christians, we don't even realize when we say, you know, good luck or knock on wood or don't break a mirror or, you know, all those kind of things. They're just cultural. We don't even think of them as being superstition. But the world is always watching us, and we are the example of Christ to the world. So when we allow those things to creep into our language, we are just leaving Christ for the world and not even realizing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that concept of, you know, things happening, but not realizing it, you've really gone in depth into that in the book. And as you do on your podcast, you know, I, I underline this, it says, are you watching? Are you absorbing mindlessly the messages and themes the secular world wants you to embrace? Are you turning off your intellect for the sake of entertainment, offending the spirit within you? and releasing your thoughts in a careless and worldly manner. We talked about the fact that, and then you talk about how there can be this like inner knowing that I am going too far here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am watching something. I am reading something. And I wrote in the side of my notes here, I have felt this. I have personally experienced doing something like, 
okay, I'm not sure if I should be doing this. And then I do realize eventually, okay, you shouldn't be doing this. And then there's still us being the flesh that we are. There's still a battle that's going on, Mm -hmm. but I really want to see the rest of this movie, but you should turn it off. (laughs) And I'm going back and forth and back and forth. And sometimes the higher self wins and I turn it off and Mm -hmm. transparently sometimes that doesn't work. So this is such an important topic because it reinforces that while it may seem like a small thing, it's actually a very important thing for us to be watching and to be aware of. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a struggle that's new to us as modern Christians either. I mean, even Paul mentioned, I think, and mm-hmm. I don't even remember which book it was, but all the things that he wants to do, he doesn't do. And the things that he shouldn't do, he does do. That's and, Romans. Yep. Yeah. And that's the Christian nature. It's the carnal self warring against the spiritual we all deal with that. But if you're quenching the spirit by shutting off your intellect while you're imbibing the Marvel movies, you know, for set. I mean, we all like Marvel. I mean, yes. let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's enjoy the Marvel movies, but don't shut your brain off. Mm-hmm. And you have to be paying attention to what is being put into your mind so that you can prepare yourself for it. And if nothing else, it becomes a matter of discussion with your family or with your friends so that you have you know, something to talk about besides, oh, did you think they had a cool costume on or did you like the action? It was like, go a little deeper, talk about the themes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And as we talked about, you know, that could open doors Mm -hmm. for us to be able to witness just from talking about a simple movie that we may have in common with someone else. And Mm -hmm. so now it becomes a natural lead in to Mm -hmm. having that discussion. And you just never know where that can lead. And I think that that really ties into a point that you made in the introduction about that balancing act between withdrawing from the world Mm -hmm. and being consumed by it. Mm -hmm. Why is it important that we, to the best of our ability Mm -hmm. with God's help, balance, but not Mm -hmm. withdraw? Well, when you withdraw and you completely spurn everything that the world has, then you have no point of connection with the lost world. And I think that was the whole point is like, you know, be in the world, but not of the world. It's like, we're in the world. And if we're going to be a witness and example for Christ, they have to be able to see us. So we have to be where they can see us. If we lock ourselves away in our own little communities where we're doing our own spiritual Christian things, and we're never involved in what allows us to have some kind of point of contact with the unsaved, then we're not doing what God told us to do in in reaching the lost for Christ. And that's our mission. That's the purpose of God leaving us on this world. If if he just wanted us to be perfect Christians, he'd take us home to heaven because we'd be perfect there. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that, that we have a purpose in being here. And that purpose is to draw people to Christ. And that's why I think that this, your podcast and this Mm -hmm. book, is really important because it can be a tool to help do that. One of the things that you mention in the book is the importance of our personal relationship with mm-hmm. Christ in order yeah. to be able to exercise this discernment. Talk mm-hmm. to us about why that is so important. And you even made a point here. Don't be using this book as a replacement for your personal time with yeah. God. Yeah. This is not a substitute. No, I, I did not write a devotional. And that is, I mean, yeah, it has scripture in it. But just because a book has scripture in it doesn't make it a devotional. You have to be reading God's word, not somebody mm-hmm. writing about God's word. And 
that is a point that I think all Christians struggle with, especially in our busy world today, is that, you know, we get up in the morning and we have work and we have meals to prepare and houses to clean and all of the things that we fill our life with. And it's so easy to shuffle that time with the Lord away to, you know, five minutes before you go to bed or five minutes after you wake up or not even doing it at all, you know, letting the dust collect on the Bible because you want to read a good book instead or you have that writing schedule to keep up or whatever it is that you're putting your priorities on. If you're not reading God's word to you, then you are not experiencing the truth of God's word so that you don't understand you're not sensitive to the counterfeits that are in the world because there's a lot of counterfeits. And the only way you recognize a counterfeit is if you know the real thing really well. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's, uh, that we're not going to give it all away, but that's <laughs> yeah. how you kind of start the book and mm -hmm. challenge us to really be aware of the counterfeits mm -hmm. that are in our lives. So I want to encourage our listening audience to check out, are you watching the podcast and to get a hold of this book? I mean, it has are you just watching? It has, uh, you've got a journal in here that mm -hmm. challenges us to really examine what we are watching and how it could be impacting us. Who knows? Like this could be, I could actually see this being used as a teaching tool for kids, young adults, just mm -hmm. to help them to grow in their relationship with God in a fun way versus mm -hmm. a boring yeah. way. I know for me, you know, having grown up in church, sometimes just having a little excitement in our study would have been cool. So you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you just never know. This could be something that could be incorporated into maybe a youth Bible study or Sunday school. Mm -hmm. And it's a way for them to continue to grow, but to examine something that's really common to them and would be interesting to them. So I pray that this opens doors for you to get into those spaces. Well, yeah. And, you know, especially for kids, so many parents lock their kids away from, you know, the movies and the books instead of, and, you know, as soon as they get away from their parents, the first thing they're going to do is gravitate to those things mm -hmm. that the pop culture that they've been hearing about from other people. So it isn't necessarily a good idea to sequester them away from that. But it is a very good idea that if you're going to let them have access to it, that you make sure that you're talking it over with them. If they're going to watch a movie, then have a family discussion afterwards where you talk about, okay, so what secular themes were in that movie? And how is that contrary to what we know as Christians should be true? Mm -hmm. And if that you're not having those conversations, then your kids are being indoctrinated by the world and not you. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful point because you know, you could see those things, but if you don't have the discussion about them, then you're allowing the child to form their mm -hmm. own opinion. They may or may not have recognized some of the things that really stood out for you. So it is a responsibility, I guess, is what we're saying here, that mm -hmm. parenting goes beyond the basic necessities and making sure that they have food and a roof over their head and all of that, but also helping them to be able to develop the sermon. Mm -hmm. This could be a great tool for that. Yep. That's what I kind of hope that it would be. Because yeah. when people tune into my podcast, they're just hearing me talk about these themes and what we see in movies, my co-host and I. But when you read this book, the whole point of this book was to teach you how to do it yourself, to not just listen to other people do it, but to learn how to do it yourself, to learn that those steps of discernment. Absolutely. Well, we're going to make sure that our listening audience knows how they can get a copy of the book before we wrap up, because I do want to encourage all of you to check out this book. It will definitely open your eyes 
about what you are seeing and how it impacts you. Let's talk a little bit, Eve, about the journey to getting this in print. Now, (laughs) you have some great skills and some great connections. So Mm -hmm. what was the process like for you getting your thoughts on paper and into print? Well, I... I'm a graphic designer by trade. And so I already know book layout. So I actually wrote the book in the layout. It's like I created the way I wanted the book to look and then I wrote the chapters into the layout. So it's a little different process than most people would do because they would write the book and then give it to somebody to professionally lay out. But this book is was something that was already on my mind. A lot of the things that are in it are things that we have dealt with, not necessarily topically the way they are in the book, but they're kind of the thinking process that we go through when we're trying to create our outline for an episode. So it was more of how can I take people through the thinking process that we go through when we are setting up to review a movie? And how can I communicate that in a quick way? Because so many people don't like to read or nonfiction can be very dry and boring. I've picked up a couple other books on this topic to see how people have dealt with them. And they're big, thick tomes that you have to read, you know, pages and pages and pages of stuff. And I wanted these ideas to be quick and accessible to people who prefer watching movies to reading books. And so that was my thought process on this. It makes it easier. I don't have as much to write. And I want it to be accessible to people who don't read as much. Yeah. Actually, I was making a note to myself because I didn't want to forget, Mm -hmm. but you said a couple of things that I think are really important for our listening audience as aspiring writers. One, you thought about how you wanted the book to look in its finished product. And that is important because you want it to be professional. You want Mm -hmm. it to fit your genre. And you actually took the step to invest in buying books or at least checking out books that we're on the same topic, which is something I'm a huge fan of, but I'd love to hear your perspective. Why do you think it was important for you to take that step to see how others had approached the topic? Well, first, you need to know whether there's anybody else writing on the topic that you want to write on, especially from a nonfiction standpoint, because if you are going to put yourself out as an authority on a topic, you have to know what other authorities are saying on that topic and what other authorities people can turn to on that topic. Because otherwise, you know, you're just setting yourself up as, especially when you're self-publishing, you don't really have, you don't have a hill to stand on unless you have an audience. And so you have to know where the audience is already going. And you don't also don't want to go down the same road that someone else has gone on. If you can't put your own twist on it, if you can't make it original, then they can go to their book instead of yours. So you don't want to just do what other people have done. And in order to know whether you're doing what other people have done, you need to look to see what other people are doing. Bingo, bingo. So listening audience, I hope that you are really taking that in, in many ways. That's why I like to explore these topics. A book is no different than a business. And, And as a matter of fact, in my mind, It is a business because when you start a business, you need to know what your competitors are doing. And of course, we're not thinking of it exactly from the standpoint of, oh, I want to take them out. But Mm -hmm. it's more so from the standpoint of I need to know what their position is and what they are talking about, because I'm looking for an opportunity to, you know, kind of carve a space out for myself. And the only way I can really do that, to your point, Eve, is if I know what they're doing and I can't make assumptions. I hear this Mm -hmm. a lot. Oh, my idea is original. 
but how much research have you done? You really need to take the step to explore that because Mm -hmm. there could be someone, believe it or not, that thinks (laughs) very similarly to you or the audience. If you don't do a good enough job of explaining how it's different, your audience may assume Mm -hmm. that it is a very similar message. So thank you so much for underscoring how important it is to do your due diligence to make sure that you're setting yourself up to find your space in the market. So your graphic design skills help make this easy. You were able Mm -hmm. to get it all formatted nice, have a great cover, but you did enlist some help with the editing piece. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about why having an editor on board is important from your perspective. Well, when you've looked at the words yourself so many times, it's so easy to miss because you already know what you want to say. And you don't know whether you've said it well enough because no one else has read it but you. So if nothing else, just have a friend. I mean, even if they're not a professional editor, at least having someone else read it can let you know where you didn't quite communicate what you were trying to say. The proofreading is so important. I am horrified at how much self-published stuff there is on Amazon that is just trash. It's just mm-hmm. trash because they thought, oh, I've got this great book and I'm going to go publish it on Amazon and I can't get two chapters into it because there's wrong word choices That's and good. grammar errors and punctuation errors. And it's just so blatant that they didn't take the time to get it properly edited. It detracts from everything when it's not properly edited. Yes. Thank you for that, too. I just want to spend a few minutes there because it's my belief when you make the decision to self publish, you have to take ownership for those things. If Mm -hmm. your book was traditionally published, then the team that they have assembled Mm -hmm. is going to do all those things. But I find that in many instances, the self-publishing path is perceived as, well, I can get my book out, you know, and you can, you know, Mm -hmm. super quick. And I, I don't have to spend, you know, much time or money, but there are some things that really you need to slow down and make sure that they are done well. As you know, as a graphic designer, the, the cover makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. How it's formatted makes a huge difference. And as you have shared with us, if there's all kinds of grammatical errors, spelling errors in your book, it doesn't matter how great the message is. The reader will get turned off and may not even make it through your book and Now they have a perception of you because this is the book is representing you. Mm -hmm. So they think, well, if this is how this book is, then I don't know if I, (laughs) you know, whatever else it is that you hope this book would open doors for, whether it's, you know, speaking in person, being on podcasts, coaching, consulting, whatever it is, the person isn't going to have a good perception of you because of what they've seen in the book. So it's so important to take a step back and be willing to invest the time and or money to make sure that you are putting out a good quality product. So thank you so much for reinforcing that. So let's tell the listening audience how they can get a copy of the book. And hopefully we can also get some more people to help you spread this message by inviting you to be a part of their podcast and talking about this interesting subject. So what's the best place for people to go to learn more? Well, I definitely do have our podcast, which is areyoujustwatching.com. And my book is currently only available on Amazon because I did self-publish through the Amazon marketplace or whatever it is. And that is the only way. And it is not available as an ebook because it is a journal. 
and I wanted people to actually have the physical copy of the book to do their journaling in. So there is not an ebook message there. And I, one point I did want to make about the self-publishing on Amazon, a lot of people do the ebook method. You do not get paid for the book if people do not read it all the way through. So if they stop mm. on the second chapter, you are not going to get payment for that book. Wow, so it makes, point. yeah, it makes you really want to go ahead and write well and have it well edited because if people stop, you're not going to get paid. Wow. Well, if that isn't an incentive to do it the right way, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it is because ebooks are a huge market and many people depend on that for income and for sales. So thank you for that. So family, go ahead and check out Eve's website and head on over to Amazon, get yourself a copy of the book. You know, one of the things that we talked about, Eve, is that in addition to completing this nonfiction project, you also have some fiction projects that are out there. And one of the challenges that you faced in this journey was bringing the book to a close. Mm -hmm. So you know, I've actually heard this many times, so I'm glad that you brought this up. And I've had, you know, some clients that are just continually revising and trying to perfect their message. And because they're doing that, it becomes really hard for them to actually finish their project. Mm -hmm. Since this is something that you personally have experienced and dealt with, I wonder if before you go, if you could share just a piece of advice from your own personal experience, because you got it done on this one. What is the secret sauce of the number one piece of advice that you would give to that person that seems to be stuck in that cycle of continuing to revise? It's difficult. And I, from experience, it's really hard on stories, especially if you're writing in the fantasy realm, because there's always holes in the story you need to plug. And I haven't solved that problem. But for the nonfiction, I think it was just the desire to get it done to get it off my plate and to get it to a point where I could have somebody read it and give me, you know, an editorial feedback on it. I just, I had to finish it. It has sat on my computer for a while. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to get this project finished and I need to get it published because especially with self-publishing, it takes a lot of the pressure off because you can make revisions on the fly. It's like you get it uploaded to Amazon and then you find a couple errors you want to fix. Well, go ahead and fix them and just re-upload the manuscript. It's not as much of a commitment as trying to submit something to a publisher and and then them rejecting it because it had a big massive error in it. I don't know if that's helpful, but... (laughs) No, I love that because what you're communicating to our audience is that it's more important to get the message out And the beauty of self-publishing is if you notice that there is a mistake, you can fix it. So Mm -hmm. while we want to do all the due diligence that we talked about, you know, get someone to help us with the proofreading, the grammar, all of that stuff, don't get so stuck in that cycle that you never release the book, like you never Mm -hmm. finish it. Because just like in your instance, Eve, if you hadn't finished this book, then the people that have reached out to you and have talked about how it's impacted them and how your podcast, if you never finished your podcast and said, we're going to go live, Mm -hmm. then those lives would not be touched and wouldn't have the benefit of this message. So it challenges us to think about the higher mission and calling that we're on and not just our personal Mm -hmm. preferences around publishing. Right. 
Well, Eve, thank you so much for being here. We wish you much success as you continue to move forward with your book, Publishing Secret Family. Make sure that you head on over to the website. You subscribe, rate, and review the podcast um, and that you get your copy of the book and challenge yourself to not just watch, but to discern. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.